0: Smartest thing I did today was not take a shower after I got home from the gym. Only because I realized I still had to mow the lawn. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hi everyone, it's Phil. And, real important thing to say about today's episode. As this is actually coming out on the airwaves of Spotify and other platforms, I just want to let everybody know that Today is the birthday of the greatest quarterback who has ever lived. Yes, it's not Tom Brady. Not at all. I'm talking about Joe Cool, Joe Montana. Happy birthday to the man who won the first four Super Bowls for the 49ers. Don't get me wrong. We still love you, Steve, for putting in that number five. But trust and believe. Those first four, that's what created the legacy. That's what created the almost snobby nature of 49ers fans when it came to Super Bowls because if it wasn't for Joe we wouldn't have set the standard of well if we're not in the Super Bowl we don't care because once we get there we expect to win unfortunately in recent years Colin Kaepernick hmm. I can't blame Jimmy Garoppolo that much but still hmm. two losses and the sad part about that is the loss against the Kansas City Chiefs didn't hurt as bad as the one against the Ravens because the first one is the one that hurts the most. And that first loss was just debilitating for me personally and I imagine for most 49er fans who just expected victory as a result of getting to the Super Bowl. But... The sad part about that is that second loss, it didn't hurt as much as the first one. And that, as a 49er fan, is kind of disappointing. You would have just can't imagine what it must have felt like to be the Buffalo Bills. I mean, geez, they went the four straight and they kept losing. And it just sort of almost seemed like, well, it's just another Super Bowl loss. Mm -mm, That's not the standard for the 49ers. But, once again, happy birthday to Joe Montana. Thank you for those four rings. Speaking of thank yous, a few weeks ago, my guy, Pat Houston, owner of Houston's Home autom- Automations, excuse me, came out and did a little bit of work for our camera system. Turned out we were using up a lot of batteries, and he was able to integrate all the power that was going to flow to keep those cameras running through he was able to wire some in. And then he also did a little, uh, I'm going to say, a little cool experiment. He set up a uh, a solar panel to run the cameras. thing's incredible. It works really good. It really does. And the coolest part about it is it just needs a little bit of light in, for, in order for that solar panel to suck in the, the juice and keep that power flowing through the cameras. It's great. Put it in a spot where it was not even exposed to the light as much but still it does what it needs to do it's great i'm really happy with it thank you patrick houston of houston home automations continued success which of course we all know that he's going to continue to have today's episode isn't unfortunately about football or automating houses but i figured i needed to give both of those some interesting uh Some love. They needed it. Today is another story episode. Man, these things are coming really quick, and I'm glad that I decided to make that part of my overall format to just sort of throw these things out there. This is the 13th one. I think that I like the stories that are coming out here. One, of course, is very, very recent. Very, very recent. As in maybe... I'm going to guess... I'm never the best with dates, but it was a, It happened on Mother's Day. So we're only talking a few weeks ago. The other two, a little bit farther off. The one, we're talking 2018, and the other one was all the way back in 2009. But I think that all those stories are certainly ones that I'm glad that I'm telling now. And I'm glad that I got the other story for Mother's Day. I think that one's going to be fun to tell. Um... I hope you enjoy them as much as I do, especially the last one. That's probably one of my favorite ones, considering that it goes right along with one of my birthday presents for this year, for my 44th birthday. I got something pretty cool, and you'll like it, I hope. But now it's about time to start the ring event. Get yourselves ready. The bell's about to ring. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Okay going to start some stories here that I find fascinating and one of them I'm real glad that I wasn't there to see the entirety of the story I came in on the back end of it we're talking back to my days as a mechanic very early in my career we're talking six months maybe tops if that long I was working in shops and it was in fact the first shop that I worked in that this story happened I can't believe that it actually was what it was. Throughout the time that I was going to school to work on cars, the teachers would tell stories about things that happened throughout their entire career. Some of them were good. Some of them were absolutely outright horrifying. Some of them were funny. And they told us all that throughout your career, you're going to find some of these stories happening to you. They may not be exactly what happened to the teachers that were telling the stories, but they told us all very, very, very prominently that we're going to eventually get some stories to tell. Heck, I did an entire episode based on my time working in auto shops, between being in the shop and being out in um, in the front desk selling stuff or stealing from people. However you want to put it, I'm comfortable with either way. Um, Because that's pretty much what I did. But I digress. I'm going to dive into this story from the first shop that I worked in. Unfortunately, the company is no longer around. So, I don't mind saying the name of the company. However, I'm not going to name the interested parties involved. Because eh, it wasn't necessarily the best thing that could have happened to anybody in the situation. Well, here it comes, I'm still in school at the time, I think I had maybe a few months left, and I'm driving into work, I get there, and I look around, and one of the mechanics, one of the techs, one of the really good guys who was working there, and his specialty was working on foreign cars, particularly German ones, um, he did a lot of work on them. In fact, most of the other mechanics in the shop funneled those jobs to him. And he was irate, and he was almost unstable. He was looking around like he was about to go kill somebody, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I looked over, and I saw that he had... Well, he was always a BMW guy, but he was beginning a transition, and he had just bought an Audi. And we're talking a new one. At the time, it would have been a 2010. Yeah, it was a new Audi. Of course, he knew everything inside and out about it, because that's just what he did. And that Audi was just a mess. It was torn up. The whole front end was destroyed. Like, the bumper was just cracked in half. The headlights on both sides were just blown out. And it looked like you could see coolant coming out of the bottom. So the um, it's safe to say that the radiator was broken as well. I'm like, what the heck happened here? This doesn't make any sense. He usually parks right in front of the alignment rack. And that's exactly where his car still was. Now, as I looked around, I saw one of the toolboxes missing. And it was one of the other guys who was at the same position that I was in. However, he had been working on cars for years longer. But his toolbox was gone. And I couldn't figure out what was going on the service manager was talking to the owner of a car that was getting towed just on the outside. I came into a real crazy situation here. I'm like, wow, man, I should have just stayed home. I don't know. But as I began to get myself situated and prepared to work, I found out that that employee who was at my same level had just been fired and he was fired for doing something that is literally a cardinal sin of anybody in working in a shop and boy it could have gone so much worse on so many different levels and man it just was it was bad it was really 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 bad First thing that happens when you do a brake job is you need some space to do it. Now, typically, if you're in a shop, you have a regular lift, and you can just throw the car on a lift. But the day in question, all the regular lifts were taken by the Master Tech and the other two mechanics who were doing some heavy lifting, some serious work. So they had tied up most of the bays. So this guy was using the alignment rack, since nobody was going to be on the alignment rack for about an hour, to do this brake job. We'll do that from time to time. There's no space. He just used the alignment rack. And so he puts it up there. He's doing a brake job. And he made one of the biggest mistakes ever you can make while doing a brake job. And I am so glad, unfortunately, I, I, I wish he didn't do it. We saved his job. But it was a lesson that was good for me to learn to make sure that I had it in my memory banks. Never to forget. Whenever you do a brake job, you have to take the brakes all apart, and it relieves the pressure from the piston. A little technical there, but, to take a long story short, even though you have new brakes, if you don't pump the brakes before you start the vehicle in order to make sure that the brake fluid is flowing properly and giving the right amount of pressure in order to create the stopping force, the vehicle is not going to just stop. You have to do it before you start the car in order to make sure that the fluid flows through. Now he didn't do that. Made a tremendous mistake and just put the vehicle in reverse, backed it off the alignment rack. Of course there was no brakes. And he smashed right into that text car just destroyed the front end, like I said. Now, of course, the back end of the vehicle, the customer was pretty banged up too. And that customer wasn't very happy, obviously. And so once they figured out what was going on, they then pushed the car back up to the, the alignment rack so they could see what was going on. But not only did this guy make the mistake of not pumping the brakes the first time, he didn't pump the brakes the second time. And this is where the serious issue came in because he then took the car up the alignment rack which is different than a normal bay the alignment rack it's on, it's kind of it's on a ramp it's not a flat uh, floor that you then put the the arms underneath the lift up the alignment rack is actually sort of a ramp that picks up the entire car for, for lack of a better way to explain it but he didn't bump the brakes again on the uh, before he, after he got done destroying right. the other tag's car. And he drove it right back up the alignment rack. And he had no brakes still. Now, as he's going up the alignment rack, he can't stop this thing. And fortunately, there's a lip on the end of the alignment rack. And the lip caught the car before it fell off the front of the alignment rack. And this is where it gets really ugly again. I've said that twice, because this is really an ugly situation. Um, A young kid, far younger than me, I started when I was 30, 31. This kid was literally 18. And he was walking in front of the car, not knowing really what was going on. And he figured that the other guy would have been smart enough to stop the car, but he didn't. And, of course, he was walking by just as that car caught the lip of the alignment rack. That poor kid was probably six inches, ten inches from death. (laughs) No doubt, ten inches from death. And again, like I said, that tech ended up getting fired on the spot, obviously. And when I was talking to the service manager, as he was explaining to me what was going on, because he knew that I was new to the business, and he made sure to try to Hammer that thought into my head. You got to make sure you pump the brakes. And he said he almost killed this kid. He literally almost killed him. And had he hit that kid, the service manager made no bones about saying that he, before that guy was fired, he said he was going to make him make the phone call to tell his mother and father that he was dead. That's deep. That's really deep. So deep that I couldn't, I mean, that man. Whew. Doesn't matter how high the ladder is, or how deep the hole is, you're never going to be able to climb out of it. It's that deep. My goodness. Whoa! Those are words of wisdom. I might use that sometime. Okay. That's enough of that story, because, man, that just... That's scary on another level. Sorry, folks. I'm actually writing that down. So just give me a second. That's the beauty of doing things spur of the moment. Off the cuff. You know impromptu. That's what's happening. So I'm writing that whole thing down. My goodness, that was a good one. Okay, I'm done writing. Now we're going to talk about the next story. Mother's Day. This year, 2022. Looked outside. Just a... It was really a nice day. It really was. And... The kids were outside playing for a little bit my wife was just relaxing taking it easy and i saw the coolest thing that day it seemed like looking around at our trees i saw like a lot of different types of birds a lot of different types of birds and they were all um walking around on the ground and i thought that was pretty cool i mean When I say all types of birds, I mean all types of birds. It was really interesting. I saw crows, which, of course, people are like, oh, those things are just scavengers looking for stuff. But still, they're a unique color. They're solid black. They're so big, you almost consider them ravens. They're really big crows. Really cool. Um, I also saw a couple of robins, and I had been seeing them for a few weeks, so I think that they must have a nest somewhere in one of our trees. Um... And then I saw two other very cool kind of birds, man. It was crazy. I saw a blue jay. Absolutely amazing blue jay. It was really cool. really was. And then even more interesting than that, in my opinion, was a cardinal. In fact, it wasn't just one cardinal. It was a pair. So I think maybe somewhere either on my property or somewhere else's property in the neighborhood, these cardinals have a nest. And I mean, I can't remember seeing cardinals except for maybe one time. When I was much, much younger, maybe 20, 25 years ago, at my aunt's house in Barnigan, I saw a cardinal, and it was just one, and it was kind of cool because almost very similar to the time when I saw these birds, it was baseball season, and it made me laugh a little bit when I saw what I saw, because me and my, I digress just a little bit, bear with me, I'm getting to the point of the story. Um... But I saw these Cardinals during baseball season, and it was funny because I also saw a Blue Jay and I saw an Oriole at the same time. So you figure they must have been trying to do a round-robin tournament to see which one was better. (laughs) Ha ha ha, funny. Cardinals, Orioles, Blue Jays. Now, back on track. I saw at my house a Cardinal, an Oriole, a pair of Orioles, excuse me. Robins. It wasn't Orioles. My fault. It was Robins. Got too caught up with that other story. There were definitely Robins. No Batman around, though, but Robins. Saw the crows. A pair of them. And it looked like maybe two or three um, blue jays were just free-floating. And like I said, all these birds are probably nesting somewhere on my area. Or if not, there's trees all over my neighborhood. And I'm wondering why they're, like, really heavy-duty on my property. I'm like, this is interesting. It's pretty cool. Tried to take a few pictures of them, but they wouldn't cooperate because, you know, it's hard to get, like, a guy like Albert Pujols sometimes when he's up batting practice to take a picture with you. Former player for the Cardinals. Um. But anyway... <laughs> No Cal Ripken Jr. or Joe Carter jokes either. There we go. Now I cover the Orioles and the Blue Jays. But now I am definitely off track here. So I have to try to steer this ship back to where it needs to go. Here we go. Making that left turn to get us straight again. The kids are outside playing. The birds are floating around. And I'm really questioning what these things are doing here. Because there's a lot of them. And it's, I'm going to say it's early afternoon. Like 1, 2 o'clock and I'm finding it really neat that they're here, and the kids are outside playing, and lo and behold, the coolest thing happens. My daughters are outside playing, and they grab, and they see these worms, and I'm like, oh, look at these worms, and I'm like, yeah, those are some worms, and I take a look at them, knowing that my stepdad and my dad fished, and I did occasionally, and I haven't been in a long time, and I was like, wow, those are pretty good-sized worms. I mean, man, like, Good enough where I should collect these things and like put them in a box or a bucket or something when I'm getting ready to go fishing. You know, just go outside and just start digging around. I'll find a few of these things. Be great bait. And the girls are looking at them and like, oh, this is pretty neat. And then I mentioned, well, you guys see all these birds floating around, right? They're probably looking at these big, juicy birds, like big, rather big, juicy worms, and like, hey, that's dinner. Probably going to take him back to the nest. And of course, The girls were like, no, we don't want them to eat the worms. And right on cue, it was about time to bring them in for lunch anyway. So the girls promptly pick up the worms. It was two of them. Each girl had at least one worm. As far as I know, they had at least one. Both Aurora and Maggie had a worm at minimum. And they're going in the house and they're starting to run upstairs. And I'm like, wait a minute. Don't bring those in the house and mom was sitting on the couch and she goes what are you talking about uh the girls have these worms that they brought in because i told them about the birds we're probably going to eat them immediately she screamed and said no take those things out don't bring them in the house but then the girls were like but we don't want the worms to eat them (laughs) and gort says no i don't care get these things out of my house go wash your hands wash them quick wash them for a long time because then you're going to eat lunch yourselves And I just thought it was crazy that they were actually concerned enough about the lives of those worms to make sure that the birds didn't eat them. And that was just funny. I think it really was. Okay. I'm going to go into the final story. This one was in 2018. Around my 40th birthday. In fact, the year of my 40th birthday, 2018. And... I had, like most people, try to have those milestone birthdays, and they want to do things, and they want to have a big party, or whatever it is, and play it off, and have fun. My decision was not to just focus everything on one day, because how can you really? You really can't. So my whole thought process was, I'm going to use the entire year, and kind of just use it as the 40th birthday year, and I'm not going to... If I see something that would have been cool or what I wanted to do, I would just collect it, add it to the the, the pile of things that I was going to do during my birthday year. Um, one of the things I did real close to my birthday was I bought my Jimmy Garoppolo jersey. I thought that was something I wanted to have. 49er fan, new quarterback at the time, relatively. And they were about to make a Super Bowl run, so it all worked out nice. Um, next thing, I went to see... The Avengers Endgame, that happened the same time. All that was cool timing, it really was. Um, other things, I happened to be just on my way to Walmart one day, and I happened to have seen one of the things that I enjoy visiting every once in a while. It was the um, Oscar Mayer Mobile was at Walmart this particular day. So I drive up there and I just stop, take a few pictures, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, "Yeah, I call it the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile." It's one of my favorite things, and I didn't know for a long time that there was something that the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile has, which is a special treat. You have to ask for it, or you'll never get one, and it's a whistle. Yeah, it's a crazy thing, but yeah, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile has these whistles. And they're kind of like shaped like hot dogs, and you have to—you can only get them from the Oscar Mayer So They're kind of rare. And I was cognizant enough of what was going on, and I asked for one, and I got one. So one of the things that I got during my 40th birthday year was an Oscar Mayer Wienermobile whistle. It's one of my favorite things. Continuing on, I'm gonna go to the um, to the cool stuff now. I think really cool stuff. One of the other things that I did was my wife, Courtney, decided to get me a tickets to go watch Monday Night Raw. Now, this year was an interesting year because the Raw that I went to was a very cool Raw. It was the Raw after the Royal Rumble that year. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And part of me was like, you know, maybe I'd like to go to the Royal Rumble. Because I have only been to one of the big four slash now five events, which, of course, the big four at the time were... Uh, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and now the fifth part is Money in the Bank, which goes goes along with the story. But I had never been to a Royal Rumble, and it was kind of cool that the Royal Rumble was just going to be the Sunday before the Raw. And I figured, well, I'm actually off on that Monday anyway. So it just made more sense to go to Raw than to try to to get finagle the day to get the Royal Rumble and the raw. So I was cool and content with the raw. And I had a target that I wanted to get. a specific thing that I wanted for part of my birthday. and I was able to acquire this thing. It's one of my favorite things, even as we speak. It hangs in my office. Yeah, it hangs in my office. And what I'm talking about is one of the coolest gimmicks that WWE ever came up with. I came late to the party, but once I realized how cool it was, I appreciated it for what it was. And what it is, is the money in the bank. Now, to give you an idea of the concept, if you don't know, the money in the bank is... It started off as just a briefcase that they used and they quote unquote put a contract in the briefcase so that the winner of the match could essentially have a world championship match anytime they wanted by cashing in the briefcase, essentially giving the briefcase to the referee and they would automatically start a world championship match right then. It could could happen after a match when the champion got beat up but won. It can happen in the middle of the match and make it a triple threat. Or it could happen where the champion could just... The champ, the guy who has a Money in Bank beef case can just simply use it to just cash it in to get a title match. And I always thought that was one of the coolest things. And so, I go to Monday Night Raw, and I'm standing in line because now I see the blue Money in the Bank Briefcase, which is one that I find interesting because they didn't let everybody lose as far as champions go. Most of the champions would end up winning. And something like an 85 or 86% that the champion who has the Money in the Bank Briefcase cashed it on usually loses their world title. But I wanted this blue one specifically because a champion that I found rather interesting, Jinder Mahal, Amongst all the other champions who've dropped the title with that Money in the Bank briefcase, Ginger Mahal didn't lose. He actually beat the guy who had the Money in the Bank briefcase cashed in on him. It was a really interesting anomaly, and I had to get that particular one. That's the one I wanted. And so I'm standing in line, and there's one guy in front of me. And this is where the story gets really cool. The guy in front of me comes up, pulls out his credit card, Talks to the guy at the behind the counter and he says, "I want a WWE Championship belt." As soon as I heard that, all I could do was smile, because I knew what my intentions were, and I figured he would like this, and I was right. He purchased his World Championship belt. He had it. He was looking at it. It was pretty cool, and then just as he was, he just stepped to the side while he was looking at his World Title belt. I stepped up to the guy at the concession stand, I turned over to the guy who had the world championship belt, and I said, you better be careful. And he looks up at me, and I go to the concession stand guy, and I says money in the bank briefcase. The guy just broke out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly what it was all about, knowing that the person who has the money in the bank briefcase can cash it in at any time for the title shot, and he just got the title, and now I have the briefcase. <laughs> that was a fun thing, and I, I think that was great, because he was good-natured about it, and both me, the guy who bought the world title belt, and the concession stand guy, all got a kick out of that, because I imagine he probably heard it a hundred times before, but he might not have heard it that night, and it was enough to make him smile, and I'm glad that I did it, I enjoy the Money in the Bank briefcase, and it was a good night, at the uh, Monday Night Raw that I went to. Now, now, That was really fun. And I think that that was one of my favorite stories in this group. And so, I think I'm about done. So, I'm going to ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Main event is over. Okay. Time for the Spear of the Week. Looking around, I was thinking about this for a minute. And I'm deciding that this is where I'm going to go with it. I usually don't go into too much stuff that's happening... In the news, but in Philadelphia, we've just had a a stupid amount of people getting shot. It's ridiculous. And just so happens that a family friend was shot last month. Fortunately, he survived, but he was doing well. He's injured, and he's recovering. But the idea that it's becoming harder and harder to just walk out of your house without having the thought in your head that maybe somebody's going to shoot you, it's insane. So... The only thing that I could spear this week, only because it finally has gotten to a point in my head that that's what I have to say and that's what I have to do, I'm going to spear all the gun violence. And I think that everybody out there would like to just take that, the entire idea of just thoughtless gun violence, and just spear it. And that's what I'm going to do. Spear of the week. All this thoughtless gun violence. Okay. You choose how you want it to fall. I'm going to stick a fork in it. I'm going to turn off the lights and lock the door on it. I'm going to put a bow on it. Anyway way you figure, this show is done for the day. I had a fun time telling stories. And of course, this is the 13th edition. Lucky number 13 of stories. I am just amazed, first of all, that I had enough stories to come up with. As many as I have. Um, Not that my life experience is so dull that I can't come up with these things from time to time. It's just, it's funny to sit back and realize, oh, wow, you know, that's some interesting stuff that happened from time to time. And then you start realizing, well, a lot of interesting stuff happened from time to time. And so you just sort of add it all up and it's like, wow, it's fun to think about. Sometimes some of these stories are things that I completely forgot about. Sometimes these things are more recent. Some of them are from relatively recent memory, and other ones are just from distant memory. But either way, it's all stuff that now is documented and recorded forever and for always out there on the space of Spotify and all these other platforms that my show is on. If you guys have any questions about the way that i keep doing this format with story if you think you get tired of me droning on about these things let me know or if you want me to continue doing more of them hey i'm on i think i might be game for that but at the same time i'm also trying to figure on just how i'm going to work the um oh what's that again what i to do the factor fiction i think that that's one of the ones that's going to kind of be fun too Did that one last week, and hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I'm not sure which one of these I like more. I mean, personally, do I want to stop telling stories or start telling stories with the fact of fiction, the stuff that's fake, and then coming up with a few things that are real? Because, truth be told, I mean, if I didn't do the fact of fiction, I could have literally used some of those stories that were true and actually put them in the story episode. If you think it's redundant for me to kind of go over those things like that, or do you think it's fun to sort of figure out which ones are real and which ones are fake? I personally like doing it. But you're the ones who got to listen to it. I only listen to it while I'm recording it. Let me know. My Twitter is, of course, at PissedPhil, two L's. Um, I'm on Instagram, Philip Henderson 5102 and of course i'm always looking to recruit new members to the f- to the lip facebook page got a bunch of people who are in there and they're paying attention to it and they're they're giving some feedback i like it i need some people to listen it's fun and on that note i think like i said earlier i went to the gym and then i mowed the lawn, and now I'm out in my office recording an episode. Fortunately, there's only one person in here, and that's just me. And so the only person who could smell myself is, of course, myself. So it's time to take that shower. So I'll talk to you people next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoy the next one. My name is Phil, and you just listened to The Lip.